welcome to Bangor Community Church Podcast. We pray that you will be blessed today as you hear the Word of God. So let's just pray as we come around the Word today. We thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus, that your Word is life and We thank you that we are gathered here together today, Lord. We thank you and we appreciate it more and more, Lord God, as we have been restricted. We appreciate the gathering more and more and more. And so we thank you, Lord, that we're here. We're gathered worshiping you and around your word and that, Lord God, that you would make your word real to us today. In Jesus' name, amen. Hallelujah. So, um... We're in our Holy Spirit series, and the last number of times we've been together, the Thursday night series we had, um, we talked on making room for the Holy Spirit. And I love that song today, David, making room for Holy Spirit. And then we had a podcast that was uh, Dad, Mom, and myself, and that was about being filled with Holy Spirit. Who got here in that podcast? If you haven't heard it, it's, it's there for you to hear. You can get it um, through the WhatsApp or go to the podcast, BCC app, and hear that. But today I want to talk about, I'm going to title the message, How's Your Oil Level? How's Your Oil Level? Lindsay, do you need oil in the car for it to go? What happens if there's no oil? It what? Doesn't go, and it's quite destructive as well, isn't it? Hallelujah. So let's turn to Matthew and chapter 25 this morning. Matthew 25. Matthew chapter 25. We're reading from, from verse 1. And it's great to hear the pages turning. I know we have it on the screen shortly, but hallelujah. Then the kingdom of heaven shall be likened to ten virgins who took their lamps and went out to meet the bridegroom. Now five of them were wise and five were foolish. And those who were foolish took their lamps and took no oil with them. But the wise took oil in their vessels with their lamps. But while the bridegroom was delayed, they all slumbered and slept. And at midnight a cry was heard, Behold, the bridegroom is coming, go out and meet him. Then all those virgins arose and they trimmed their lamps. And the foolish said to the wise, Give us some of your oil, our lamps are going out. But the wise answered and said, No lest there not be enough for us and you, but rather you go to those who sell and buy for yourselves. And while they went to buy, the bridegroom came, and those who were ready went in with him to the wedding, and the door was shut. And afterward the virgins came also, saying, Lord, Lord, open to us. But he answered and he said, Assuredly I say to you, I do not know you. Watch therefore, for you know neither the day, nor the hour in which the Son of Man is coming. You know, here is the parable. Jesus taught, as we know in parables, and, and Jesus here is likened to a bridegroom. But to get the context of this whole passage here in chapter 5, you need to see what was going on in chapter 24 before. And the disciples were asking, let me see, in verse... Um, in verse 3, the disciple says, tell us, tell us what will these things be? What will be the sign of your coming and the end of the age? So the disciples were asking Jesus, when is the end of the age? What are the signs? And so Jesus gave three parables. One of the parables 
is the one we've just read. It's talked about the bridegroom. And, it, you know, we've all been to weddings. It's lovely to see the, br the bridegroom at the top of the church and he's waiting for his bride. Right now I've got a picture of Brian when I look back on the video and his proud face as he's looking back at me, you know, just so in love with me. How could you not be? <laughs> and, you know, so we all know that, that, that bridegroom, he's, he's just in love with that, that one he's about to marry or has just married, that groom. Isn't that right? Picture of love. But you know what? In the other parables, Jesus is pictured as a king. And he's presented as a king. He's presented as something great. He's presented as someone with a lot of power. A king with a lot of power. He's presented as somebody with a kingdom. He's presented as someone who can transform lives and transform families and bring change into nations and cities. And he's also then in another parable, a third parable, he's presented as a judge. He's presented as that judge that he's going to come again and he's going to remove from the earth everything that opposes love. He's going to remove all oppression and he's going to deal with injustice because he's a judge. And to be able to see the context then of this, it's important we don't just see Jesus is that bridegroom that's so in love with his bride. But we see him as a king who has a kingdom, who's extended his hand to each one of us. And he says, I've got a part for you to play in my kingdom. I, you have a part in my kingdom. And we need to see him also as that, that righteous judge that's going to come. He's going to set things in order. Amen. You know, in Song of Solomon, we know, we, we see Jesus there. He's, he's pictured as the groom. In the book of Kings, we read all about Jesus being the king, a king. If we turn to Revelation 19, we will see him as all three that we've just talked about. So if we turn to Revelation in chapter 19, and starting in verse 7, we see him as a bridegroom, as a king, and as a judge. So Revelation 19 verse 7 says, Let us be glad and rejoice and give him glory for the marriage of the Lamb has come. There's going to be a marriage. Amen. And his wife has made herself ready. I love that. And his wife, who's his wife? Who's making her ready? Read it and tell me. Who's making her who's making her ready? Herself. Does that put an onus on us? Hmm? Puts an onus on us, doesn't it? Makes herself ready. And how does she make herself ready? By obeying all the law? by doing all the do's and the don'ts and being all legalistic? No, we've been set free from the law. So how does she make herself ready? It's with the help of our friends, Holy Spirit. That's how she makes herself ready. 
Hallelujah. Verse 8. And to her it was granted to be arrayed in fine linen, clean and bright. What a picture. This is what God is going to meet in his bride. Dressed in fine linen, clean and bright, for the fine linen is the righteous acts of the saints. And then he said to me, this is John speaking, right. Blessed are those who are called to the marriage supper of the Lamb. And he said to me, these are the true sayings of God. And John said, I fell at his feet to worship him. In other words, there's the bridegroom. There's the groom. And go on to verse 11. And now I saw heaven opened and behold a white horse. And he who sat in him was called faithful and true. And in righteousness he judges and he makes war. So it's not just about a wedding and a bridegroom. It's about a king and a judge who comes and it's about a global war. And his eyes were like a flame of fire and on his head were many crowns. And he had written that no one knew. He had a name written that no one knew except himself. And he was clothed in a robe dipped in blood and his name is called the Word of God. And the armies of heaven clothed in fine linen, white and clean, again, white and clean, followed him on white horses. And now out of his mouth goes a sharp sword, that with it he should strike the nations, and he himself will rule them with a rod of iron. He himself treads the winepress of the fierceness and the wrath of Almighty God. And he has in his robe an honest thigh a name written, King of Kings. And Lord of Lords. Hallelujah. Praise God. So there we see depicted Jesus as a, a groom, a king, a judge again. So let's go back to the parable in, in Matthew 25. And let's just go through that verse by verse. It says, the kingdom of heaven shall be likened to ten virgins. Now that word virgin, it re refers to someone we know has kept themselves pure. 2 Corinthians 11.2 says, the apostle Paul says, I'm jealous for you with a godly jealousy. For I've betrothed you to one husband that I may present you as a chaste virgin to Christ. You know, when we receive Jesus into our hearts, we know we're just made clean. We're made fresh, just white, clean, everything dirty and ugly and sin is washed away. And we're depicted as that, we're like spiritually we've become that virgin. Our spirit is made anew, made something completely new, something completely clean. You know, like a person, a spiritual being, totally undefiled. Doesn't matter what went on in the past, our spirit is new, our spirit is undefiled, and we've, met, we've entered into a marriage covenant with Jesus. What a picture. And we're to keep ourselves pure, clean for him. So, ten virgins, and they took their lamps. And it's interesting to know that all ten of them had lamps. And the lamp was just a small container. It had a wick and, you know, the oil was the, the fuel that, that drove the light. And every believer we know is to be a light. Matthew 5 and 16 said, Their light so shine before men. 
that they may see your good works. So we're called to do good works. We're not called to get saved by good works, but we're called to be saved by faith and show by our works that we love the Lord. But let our light so shine before men that they see your good works and bring glory, glorify the Father. Hallelujah. So we need to have our light shining. And what does that mean? Have my lamp and my light shine. It means we're advancing the kingdom of God. We're doing good works. It means people in our life are saying, there's something different about you. You've got something that I want that I don't have. What is it? What is it different? They're recognizing the light. They're recognizing something different. So it says, verse 2, five of them were wise and five were foolish. Now those who were foolish took their lamps and they took no oil. So the foolish had no oil, but the wise took oil and their vessels and lamps. So the only difference between the wise and the foolish was five had oil, five had no oil. Five had oil, five had no oil. You know, in the, the Bible, the word Holy Spirit is represented as oil. Five had oil, five had no oil. It means that the five with oil had taken time to build intimacy with God. They've taken time to be in the Word. They've taken time to have a daily devotion. They've taken time, extra time to meditate on the Word. They've taken time to to put on a podcast or put extra um, teaching series into their hearts. They've taken time to fellowship with Holy Ghost. Holy Spirit, what do you mean in this? What does that verse mean? Teach me what that means. They've taken time to listen. They've taken time to develop and cultivate hearing the voice of God. That's what it means to have oil. They've taken time to follow the leadership of Holy Spirit. And when he would lead one way, they would yield to that. Not when they heard him say, go this way. Well, I'd love to, but actually, I'm going this way because they give in to their will. No, those with oil yielded to the Holy Spirit. They'd taken time to seek out the baptism of the Holy Spirit and receive baptism of the Holy Spirit. And by doing that, you just ask, Father, baptize me in your Holy Spirit. And with fire. And they take in time to speak in tongues, have the gift of tongues. And what does tongues do? It edifies your spirit. They take in time to edify their spirit. That's what it means to have oil. So I'm asking you this morning, what is your life when no one else sees you? What is your prayer life? What does your time with God look like? Are you letting God's word change your life? Because it's got the power to change. Have you oil? You know, the Holy Spirit, he softens our heart. He makes us willing. He makes us obedient. Even to do those things that we would find really difficult and challenging. 
He shows us where we've gone wrong. He shows us where we've missed it. He helps us to repent. He gives us grace to walk, to stay on course. He reveals things in our heart. We let him. Like the last time we talked about making room for Holy Spirit, sometimes it's that little telescope he'll use because it's just a fine, tiny, tiny little thing that other people wouldn't see, but he knows it's there and is bringing it, it's grieving him. Or sometimes it's a big spotlight, so obvious. Even other people know it's there. And you probably know it's there, but you've never dealt with it. You know, BCC, we're a spirit-filled church. Our worship is spirit-filled. We worship in spirit and in truth. The Holy Spirit is demonstrated in our midst, but that doesn't mean that you're naturally just full of oil because you come here. You've got to develop your life. You've got to spend time with Holy Spirit, time in your word, and make oil, get oil yourself. It's like that saying, you know, just because you go to McDonald's doesn't make you a hamburger. Just because you come to BCC does not make you have oil. So what is your oil level like this morning? Talks about five foolish virgins and they had no oil. So no oil, that depicts a life that's so busy. Busy, busy, busy. Maybe too busy to be in the Word. Maybe too busy just to spend that time. And I know this is a busy season. And perhaps if anybody thought, what's Pastor Garen going to talk about this morning? It could have been Christmas or something. But we're on our series, Holy Spirit, and this is the message for today. Even in our busyness at this time of year, when we celebrate our Lord, let's remember, when we celebrate Him, let's not be so busy that we haven't time to develop that oil in our lives. Amen? You know, when you don't have oil, you know it. And those around you know it. I'm not very good at depicting things, but you know, just a car that it just runs out of oil and it's just doesn't go anymore. Just grinds to a halt. What about a joint? Like if I go down like this, it's... That's not because I don't have oil in there. Hallelujah. Synovial fluid of my joints is fine in Jesus' name. But we need oil in our joints, don't we? We need to be well-oiled. Hallelujah. So everything we do, it needs to come out of being with the Lord, out of his word. What's he doing with us? Out of spending time in his presence and we have oil. So, verse 5, it says, But while the bridegroom was delayed, they all slumbered and slept. And often that is the thing that that can really hamper the church, the worldwide church. Oh, Jesus, you know, yes, he's coming soon, he's coming soon, but he's not here today, so we can be complacent. We can slumber, we can sleep. We don't want to do that because, verse 6, And at midnight, the darkest hour, a cry was heard. That cry came, and that cry will come. Behold, the bridegroom is coming. Go out and meet him. 
You know, behold, he is coming. He is coming again. And here it says, look at these action words, go. You've got to go. The wise versions, well, all them were to go. Out, you've go. You've got to go somewhere. Go out, and then you've got to meet him. Jesus is coming again. He's going to come as our bridegroom because he's passionately in love with us. Hallelujah. But, we, you know, we get ready now. We're, we're making ourselves ready. We're, make, we're that bride making ourselves pure and clean with the Holy Spirit. When the when Holy Spirit reveals something in our life that is not pleasing to him and grieves him, then we, we repent and we say, sorry, sorry, Holy Spirit, I don't want to grieve you. I, I want to know your presence more and more in my life. So we, we've, we've got to give thought to these things, not neglect them. It says, then all those virgins arose and they trimmed their lights. And the foolish said to the wise, give us some of your oil for our lamps are going out. They came to recognize the bridegroom had come. They heard the cry. And then they recognized, I have no oil. I have no oil. Oh, so it's fine. Just go get some oil. We see and we've read that it wasn't fine. The cry came. They realized, I've been caught out, I've got no oil. And they asked the others, give us some of your oil. Verse 9, but the wise answered, saying, no, lest there not be enough for us. And you know, you may say that's a selfish thing. We're called to love our neighbor. Have anybody heard that a lot over COVID times? Love your neighbor. I've never heard so much love my neighbor in all of my days. The devil has jumped on it. Now he's telling everybody, love your neighbor, because it's his cause. He's got a little virus running around out there, creating havoc. And it is a real virus. But you've got to see the other side of it. So the wife says, no, you can't have any of our oil. Here's the thing. They weren't being selfish. It's the fact that you cannot transfer what you've developed in your intimacy with God to somebody else. I can come along and I can, you know, call Carol and I can say, Carol, you know, I'm an anoint you. I can transfer anointing to her and so forth. But, you know, to develop and to transfer what I have had and developed in my personal walk with the Holy Spirit year upon year, hour upon hour, and what I've learned of this word and how I've put it to work in my life, I can't, there's not a little button that I can just go, here you have it. Yes, I pray God when I lay hands on different people from time to time, I'll hear myself praying, everything that I have, give it to them. But it's still not, you, I can't just do that trans transfer by Holy Spirit. He can do whatever he wants. But it's your time, what you're developing in your intimacy with God. And so they says, no, we can't give you any of our oil. It's important we, we build that devotional 
life with God. It's important we have that prayer time. All the young people in here, it's important that you have time. Where's all the youth? It's important you have time. You make your own time with Holy Spirit. You have your own Bible reading. Youth, do you have your own Bible reading? You're reading somewhere in the Bible? Chapter by chapter? So, so important that you have that, that you talk to Holy Spirit, that you develop a friendship with Holy Spirit. It's for all of us that, what is it, walking with Holy Spirit? It's when you're going through difficult times, that you're bearing your heart to it. You're saying, you know, I find myself saying in those times, Holy Spirit, I, this is so difficult. I, I don't know what to do. I need your help. But what's, what am I doing? I'm bearing my heart to my friends. You think what you are, what, what you're like with your friends, especially the women in here, your girlfriends, you're, you bear your heart. They see your tears. You may not go to them crying or phone them crying, but during that phone call or during that visit, those tears just come out. I don't know about you, but when, when I, when I'm with Holy Spirit, those tears just come out. And sometimes there's tears of, Sorrow and hardship, and, and other times it's just tears of joy. Yesterday morning when I was in the presence of the Lord, I was just laughing and joyous. I was just thinking about all that God's doing and how he's moving his church forward. And I, oh, thank you, God. That's what it is about fellowship and having oil, fellowship with Holy Spirit. So it says, verse 10, while they went to buy, the bridegroom came, and those who were ready went in. I love that. Those that were ready, they went in with him to the wedding. And that talks about intimacy. You read Song of Solomon. You know any marriage. We're talking about intimacy here. They went in. They got to know him more than they'd ever known him before. They walked in new realms with the Holy Spirit. And I'm hungry to walk in new realms with the Holy Spirit. Hungry, hungry for that. I don't want just what I've experienced up to date with the Holy Spirit. I want more, more. So they went in to him. And it was wonderful for those that were prepared. At the end of verse 10 says, and the door was shut. So what about the other five? The door was shut. The five that weren't ready, the five who hadn't made that oil and hadn't had intimacy and they were too busy and they thought they'd have time before the bridegroom come. I couldn't imagine what that would be like for that door to be shut and me not to be with, with Holy Spirit, me not to be with my Lord. I couldn't, I couldn't, I wouldn't want to. Verse 11, it says, Afterward, the ten virgins came also, saying, Lord, Lord, open to us. After all, we've been waiting for so long for you to come. Open to us. And imagine, maybe in that parable, maybe those virgins thought he would open to them. We're here now. Open up, open up. We 
love you. Open up. I want to see you. Open up, Lord. Open up. Lord, let, let, let us in. If there were anything like some typical women, maybe they were going, never mind the other four, let me in. I love you more. Verse 12, it says, but he answered and he said, assuredly, I say to you, I do not know you. Oh my goodness, I do not know you. Imagine hearing that, I do not know you. And yet we've looked before when we were looking about Holy Spirit as our helper. John 14, 17 says, in that day you will know You'll know me, I'll be in you. You'll know me. How could they not know Holy Spirit? How could you not know Holy Spirit, the person that dwells in you? How could you not know that king? How could you not know if it was the Queen of England coming to your house and not only coming to to visit but saying, I'm going to stay? How would you not know? You would do everything, wouldn't you? You'd probably go, I'm going to have to move to a bigger house. I'm going to have this and this and this. And And yet we can carry on. We've got the Holy Spirit, the greatest dignitary of all time, living inside of us. And we carry on from day to day, living our own lives, doing our own thing, ignoring him most of the day and wondering why our life is not moving forward. Jesus says, verse 13, Watch therefore, for you know neither the day nor the hour in which the Son of Man is coming. When you talk about watch, it's always to do with praying. It's always to do with listening to Holy Spirit. Watch, being watchful. Knowing the times that we're in. Being aware, not just going around, just being led around by anything that leads you around. And we've talked about that in other weeks. But being led by the Holy Spirit and being right on time. I know the time. I'm alert. Hallelujah. So I ask you this morning again, what is your oil level like? Are you full of oil? Is your lamp burning bright? Or could you say, I've got some, but I need a whole lot more. Or perhaps you're in here this morning, you don't know Jesus. In which case, you won't have that oil, you won't have any oil. But you can quickly change that by asking the Lord into your heart. You know, church, we're on an awesome journey. An awesome journey with Holy Ghost. We don't want little words that are going to tickle us and, you know, make you feel so, so good. And We want words from him that are going to be, propel us forward. Forward. 
in his plan for our life. Isn't that right? Forward. He's always moving forward, always advancing, never decreasing, never moving back, never standing still. We've looked before, every time in Scripture, Holy Spirit is mentioned, it always refers to movement. Something moves, something shifts. Chris said earlier in, in the service, something shifts when you, when you praise God. Hallelujah. Let's all stand together this morning and let's keep our eyes closed and um, let's pray here. We thank you, Lord, for this word this morning. We thank you, Holy Spirit, for this reminder about having oil. We want oil. I want oil to overflowing in my life. God's been speaking to you this morning. Just raise your hand as a show to him, as a response to him. Lord, I thank you for every hand raised here this morning. You see their hand. You see the response unto you. You see their heart, Lord. Father God, I thank you by Holy Spirit, that you just come afresh to them, afresh right now. I thank you, God, that they make time, make time for you like never before, and that you propel them on in the things that you have for them. I thank you for some course corrections. I just hear my spirit. There's some course corrections going on this morning as well. That's why it's so important to hear Holy Spirit. So if he's correcting some things, you say, yes, sir. And you change that, change that decision, whatever that course correction is this morning. But we're hungry for you, Holy Spirit. We're hungry for more. We're the bride and we're making ourselves ready with the help of you, Holy Spirit. Thank you for joining us. We look to God that he will direct your steps in blessings through this week. For more information, visit us at bangercommunitychurch.co.uk or find us on Facebook.